Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John, Deacon Joe. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. We got some big news this morning. This is unrelated, and uh, but important. Uh, if you can pray for this, our good friend, <coughs> Father Andrew Cousins, so wild. priest of um, St. Paul, Minneapolis, a fellow companion, part of the same fraternity of priests that we are, is now the bishop-elect. He was soon to be the auxiliary bishop, the assistant, uh, to Archbishop Neinstedt in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Minnesota. In Minnesota. That's My great. mom so is wild. probably so it, excited. It's so crazy. So so. I just heard heard this morning uh, Father John said Mass and said this. Pretty much his homily was about this. Yeah. Didn't talk about the readings at all, but yeah, it was know, great. It was just uh, more about how— Do you remember awesome, what the gospel Here's was? how awesome I am. Here's how everything— Yeah, it's a strong man whose stronger man binds him, which is what I'm about to do with my podcast here. I'm about to bind you. Um, actually, I'm not. This is going to be a pretty lousy uh, topic. But um, with that being said, let's pray for Bishop-elect Andrew Cousins. Very, very exciting. I'm really? sorry you're not as excited, you know, but uh, this are is a big deal for are us. Are you talking to me? I'm really excited. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Us uh, companions are very excited. So mm-hmm. The uh, topic, though, is that you're looking at is, is called the religious sense. The religious sense. And I'm holding in my hand a book called The Religious Sense by Luigi Giussani. Luigi Giussani is one of those guys, and every time I hear something about him or what he said, I'm always like, that's awesome. And I have yet to pick up a book by him. Yep. He's um, difficult uh, to read, but also extremely, extremely profound. Now, there's a reason why I um, am holding this in my uh, hands and why we're talking about this today. Which Um, is? I'm teaching RCA on Tuesday nights. God help them. I love teaching RCIA, and I've actually told them about the podcast, so maybe one or two of them are so bored in life that they'll actually uh, listen to this. Yeah. But the first night of the of RCIA, I've never taught this before, I was like, what do I do? How do I talk to 30 people who are either very seriously considering becoming Catholic or just maybe thinking about becoming Catholic or just want to know more? One guy who's drunk. There's a guy who showed up kind oh, of. Really? Yeah. And uh, what do I do? How do I how do I talk to this group? Is it are there a lot of people who are just kind of on the fringe who are thinking about becoming Catholic, but they're just it's or, a whole mix, really? Yeah, it's 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 fa- it's awesome. I love teaching. So, what do you teach them for the first class? Right, that's the question. That is a good question. You don't have to answer that question. You get that look on your face. He kind of goes blank when he, uh, you know, teach him about contraception. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the church is teaching on homosexuality. Right. No. So I found myself. Uh, talking to other guys who are running RCA programs. The first one I called was a guy named Matt Botker, who does a great job up in uh, the University of Colorado in Boulder, my old parish, St. Tom's. Yeah. Matt, so I called him and I said, you know, how do you start RCA? And he said, well, duh, you start with the five proofs for existence of God. And then I called our friend Father Brian Larkin in McIntyre Mary North Glen. And uh, yes. what did he say? Well, duh, you start with the five proofs for existence of God. Really? And they're like, yeah, you didn't start that? And I was like, yeah, I didn't really start with that at all. So I think that's a good thing. But I think the normal RCIA approach, because basically there's three questions hmm. in RCIA. Does God exist? Is Jesus Christ God? Did Jesus Christ give authority to the Catholic Church? Hmm. Okay. You get those three questions, you go from being an atheist to being a Catholic. Right there. Yes, 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 bam. You don't answer those three questions, yeah, there's no reason to be Catholic. Right. Right? That's it. Those three. So I think they're logically saying, well, let's take those one at a time. We'll start with God. Hmm. Does God exist? You know, take them at the 30,000-foot level and uh, and go for that. That's not my style. No. So what well, I, s- I, think that, I think that's a 
it seems like there's an uh, emphasis style. on the objective. Right. Um, but I don't want to use too big words, but with the anthropological shift with Descartes, you know, there is a modern man is now starting. We're, we're at a different starting point, which is like my experience, which is, is different. But I mean, there's a different worldview uh, for much of the history of the church, which is focused on the cosmos. You right. know, we've talked about this in the past, right. you know, right. and I feel like the uh, five proofs for the existence of God would be a sufficient starting place for that. But that's not the, for some people, that's the question of like, that's most pressing to them. For, for a lot of people, it seems like the, pre- the question that is pressing them is like, uh, how do I make sense of my life? Right. And right. the religious sense, I'm guessing, starts more with the human experience. It does. And that's what I started with. My first RCA class ever was basically a crash course in the religious sense. Now, I didn't quote Giassani. I probably butchered him. But basically... And again, I think this is just a different style because the question is exactly like you said, for 500 years, man has put himself at the center of everything. Mm-hmm. So how do we evangelize someone who is so deeply anthropocentric? You give them cosmological proofs. Well, they don't really understand the cosmos except in relation to themselves. Right. They're not led from that. Now, some people are if they're well formed. Right. And I know that there's some people that the proofs, the five proofs to break mm-hmm. them down, that can be very effective and very, very good. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing to do. So we're not knocking that, but no, it might not guys, be the only way. These guys are much more experienced and better teachers at RCA than I am. So in a couple of years, Father John will probably be doing the five proofs to start RCA. Well, right we'll now, he's doing we'll this. We'll see. But I, but I also want to make a point. I, I think that we can't always start in the cosmos. People can't really... They're not able to think there. I think we've got to start in the human heart. Yeah. That's my that, – and I'm going to stick to that. And even with Father Brian, he can call me. He never listened to this in a million years. He can call me and say, you're crazy. But I, I'm going to say, you've got to start in the human heart. Hmm. And that's – I love Pascal for that reason. And I love Giassani for that reason. What he's saying in the religious sense, the basic thing is that we have a capacity in us to transcend ourselves. And we have innate desires in the human heart to go beyond ourselves. And if those desires – are not dealt with, we can never flourish as a human being, mm-hmm. right? There is something in me, in the, in the composition of my very existence, a sense, a religious sense in me that says I must transcend. I must go beyond. And uh, that's the question. That's why he founds communion liberation. Liberation is, is fundamentally about being libera- liberated from ideological systems of the modern world which enslave us hmm. to be free of that. They're capable of making a judgment on my experience and about what I'm happening that transcends who I am. Now, again, somebody from Community Liberation might be listening to this and saying, this guy is is butchering this. <laughs> but this is basically the way I conveyed it. Because I think what I wanted to start with is reclaiming religiosity. And we, we had a podcast on that, Why I Love Jesus and Hate Religion. Right. Right? That guy, that's exactly the problem. That, he is the problem. You're just a postmodern guy who says, I don't want to be religious. Giussani's got a beautiful thing, though. He doesn't see religion as just... Well, I'm part of some kind of institutional whatever, which is kind of how, at least in Boulder, and I think everywhere in our culture we see it. Giussani says to be man is to be religious. What does that mean? To be man means to have this innate desire to transcend myself. Mm-hmm. And I said the religious sense plays out, and again, I, you know, where is this coming from? What's, what's happening here? Um, the religious sense comes because faith is part of and trust is part of reason, it's part of the way that I think, right? You could say to me, do I believe in Australia? And I would say to you, yes. Yes. Well, how do I? And then you say, how do you know Australia exists? Prove it to me. Have you sensed it? Have you, Have you been physically there? experienced it? I've never been there. But somebody told me that it happened. The Civil War, same thing. The Civil War happened. Yeah, I think it happened. 
Well, how do I know that? Well, I can't have kind of scientific rationalistic proof on it, but trust is a, is a condition and a dimension to human reason. And anybody who tries to say reason is not that. Reason is merely scientific uh, and, and kind of codified by, this, the, by certain scientific method, then I would say, well, that's crazy. You actually have a limited and truncated understanding of reason. Reason to breathe fully is part of faith, and, and, it, and it hands in faith. And so what I was trying to show them in that first meeting was to say, you need to be religious. That's the first thing. You don't have to be Catholic, but you need to be religious because to be a man means to be religious. And it means to desire to transcend oneself, to kind of move beyond oneself. Giassani says this. He says, the more that one is truly human, the more that one is able to trust. Hmm. Is that interesting? The relationship between trust and belief, we don't have time to kind of break all this stuff down. But the more that one is truly human, the more he's able to trust. So our humanity is conditioned by our understanding of reason. If we have a limited understanding of it, it's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. And the deeper questions that are in the heart are not absurd. For example, the three big ones are, where did I come from, where am I going, and does anything have any meaning whatsoever in between? Origin, end, and meaning. Hmm. Those are the three questions, right? Meaning is kind of the line where do you between get those the questions? two. Where do you get those questions? Where do you get those questions? Dr. Sean Innerst. Oh, really? Yeah, he would always talk about that in evangelization catechesis class. That's what the religious sense allows me to penetrate. To say that I have these desires on my heart, where do I come from, where am I going, and is anything meaningful, to, say, to have those desires and to not have the capacity to engage them means that I'm absurd and I'm meaningless, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I'm literally a walking absurdity. If I have questions to transcend myself, to understand these things, and I don't have a capacity to do that, then I'm crazy. I'm absurd. My, my existence is, is stupid and it shouldn't be. And these are questions that mankind's been asking. I mean, the philosophers, ancient Greece were asking. Exactly. Exactly. But I was saying, <clears throat> my dog, Niblet, God rest her soul, right? She didn't ask these questions. She doesn't right? have a soul. She, yeah, okay. <laughs> and she's probably in purgatory, even if she did have a soul, because she was so lazy. She'll be burning for many, many years. But uh, that's beside the point. Poor Niblet. Poor Niblet. Um, Nibba didn't care about where she came from, where she was going. She cared about, you know, is there food in front of me immediately, you know? And if I'm going to puke, I'm going to puke on the carpet instead of on the hardwood floor. She'd do that all the time. It was really weird. She'd lean over and just bleh, puke Hands on the carpet. Hands burning. And you're like, why are you puking on the carpet? Just puke on the hardwood floor. But anyways, that's what she was thinking about. She wasn't thinking about, you know, what is the meaning of this? For you know, I was telling uh, at the RCA class, people died. Uh, five people died on Mount Princeton. Right. Just recently. It was a family. Johnson's. It was just a rock slide. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen to them and not to me? That's a question I can ask. When I climb Mount Princeton, why did that not happen to me? Why did it happen to them? That's a question I can ask. If I don't have a capacity and an ability, a sense, so to speak, to ask that question. When you say capacity, do you really mean capacity? Capacity. Thank you. <laughs> capacity. Right? Then I, then I really am absurd. And so those are kind of, those are kind of the questions that we have to deal with and we have to begin with asking. But what I love about Giussani is that he gives us an articulation. Uh, he gives us a, a, a style, a grammar, and a way of engaging modern man in the questions of his heart and giving him a confidence to say, you have the sense, go do it. Now, what you're going to find... Do what? Go do it. Go judge your experience and, and try and move beyond yourself. The thing keeping, keeping us from Christ 
it, you know, all sin is just this kind of egocentrism. That's what I was preaching about this morning, carnal mm. arrogance. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you, <laughs> as you were judging my homily. Yeah, you said go do it. Make judgments. So I, told them, I told them in my homily, but our, our young deacon friend here didn't catch this, that the problem with clergy is the temptation to carnal arrogance over spiritual realities. And mm-hmm. what was he doing? He was arrogantly judging me. I was trying to get comfortable in those hard pews. (laughs) Oh yeah, he had surgery. The um, which we're not going to talk about, right? No, we're we're not talking about that. But the um, but I think I think it works because where I went from there is the first class was basically on this is in you this desire live a human life to transcend your the day to day work a day world by asking these deeper questions go into the heart and try and penetrate into what's really there. Mm That was the first question. That was the first conference. Second conference, John chapter 2, the calling of the disciples. I was just like, let's go right into it. There's a man who walks on this earth and makes a claim that's unlike any other. That Now you have to kind of question that. And how is he going to speak and how is he going to engage that religious sense? That, that, that is the question. Do I have the criteria to judge, to transcend my own experience, to make, um, make it intelligible, to bring meaning, to understand it? Um, but to do that in, in a way of humility and, and of wonder and awe, not in talking about being an Ubermensch and just, you know, determining what is meaningful, but, but to discover that. Do I have that capacity? Yes, Giassani says that. And his method for the evangelization of modern man to bring them back into communion with God is to say you begin there. You, be- w- you begin, I feel like there's a, pre, a premise that you're beginning with, which is legitimate, I think, but just good to recognize that the premise is that there is meaning and that, you know, we have to go search for it and we have to find it. We can't just create it uh, like the Ubermensch would. That is correct. Meaning is there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beyond us. And, and we can discover that through an evaluation of our experience from this religious sense. It's not something that we create. The, the religious sense is not creative in that sense. It's, it's evaluative. It's, it's judgmental. It helps us to determine that which is. Now, that can get spun out of context, and that can be very postmodern. And a lot of people, it makes it very uncomfortable. But it's actually Augustinian. This is Augustine in the 4th century. How so? Starting in the heart. Starting in the human heart. Right? The restlessness. The restlessness of the heart. Calling out for something. Right? It's a question. And that's what I kept saying. And that's the final thing I'll say today is John Paul II came to the United States in 1985, and he was in Boston, somewhere like that. Somewhere on the East Coast, one of those cities. And uh, his he, geography is impeccable. I know, especially the East Coast. In Delaware, Delaware. Look at us. We're in Delaware. Um, can you catch that? No. Oh, that's from Wayne's World. I... Anyways, John Paul comes in 1995 and he says this line. And it's this is one that everybody's heard. But he says, Jesus Christ is the answer to the question of every human existence. And what I like about Giassani is that he gives us a framework that helps me to, to re-understand reevaluate, recognize again that my existence is itself a question. Hmm. And if I live from that... It doesn't explain itself. It doesn't explain itself. And that's what's awesome about it. When you get into the religious sense and when you start to get into uh, these desires in the heart and the desire to transcend yourself, you realize that all of this is about really that I'm, I am a question, that my existence is a question. Hmm. And if there's only two options at that point. Either... I find the answer to the question of my existence or I get rid of the question. And the way I get rid of the question is by choose my way of medication. Sex, drugs, alcohol, work, whatever. Right. That's Something that's distracting, do. diversions. Yeah. 
distract it, medicate it, get the question out of my life and bury it. Which is interesting. That was Pascal's whole thing right. is that we're all trying to distract ourselves uh, and we're all trying to get away from the reality that our life is leading ultimately, if we look around, it's leading to death. Everyone we see is going to die someday mm. or is dying. Um, and we can't come to grips with that reality. And so we either distract ourselves from it or explain it away by something. Unless we really grapple with that, he's like, that is the st- that has to be the new starting point for bringing people to Christ. Is that making them face the reality that your life doesn't really make sense. What are you here for? You're, you know, you're... Well, you know, we're all in a line. He basically said, this is the human condition. We're all in a line watching the people at the front of the line uh, get killed. And we're all kind of waiting for our turn. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. in the sense of like, we're watching everybody die. Mm -hmm. And we know that we're going to die someday too. And so what do you do with that? Uh, I mean, it's kind of morbid, but uh, it's also true. Um, And you have, these are questions that mankind has to deal with. So how do you make sense of your life? And I think that's the key. Uh, Recovering the heart as a faculty, a capacity, <laughs> which is not just feelings and emotions, but it's reasonable. The heart has reasons that reason knows not. Pascal. And that's what Giassani's trying to do. So I see Augustine, Pascal, Kierkegaard, Giassani, all of these guys in a line, kind of in different times, in different ways, reproposing that within the human heart is the desires and the capacity to encounter God. Capacity. Capacity. <laughs> That's about enough for today. I'm derailing you. I'm sorry. Well, you're learning nothing as usual, so. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Just change the photo on my phone. Oh, maybe. Disgusting. <laughs> um, good Lord. Oh, man. So this reminds me of, um, I mean, I like this. I, <laughs> I can't I, look at my phone. I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull I up. I took a, it when John was gone. I took a picture of my, myself. My mm, face on this you phone. are hideous. Um, but this reminds me of a, um, I love this anthropological shift because I think it's important. I think this is where most people are at. You know, if you do talk with high schoolers, they're not not all of them are asking questions like does God exist? You know, where does the world come from? But they're asking questions like my life doesn't seem to make any sense. Right. And I'm, I'm depressed or I don't know who I am. They're asking questions about themselves and their own experience. Um, and I think you have to begin there. I was talking to actually this Buddhist girl. Did I ever tell you about this? Uh, she called me when I was at a Macca Heart of Mary and she wanted to talk to some Catholic cause she was doing a project about religions and she basically wanted to ask me, okay, well you're a Catholic seminarian why why do you why are you catholic yeah and i was like huh how do i answer this question like i was raised catholic uh but i mean i'm that's not the only reason i'm catholic and ultimately what i said is that i feel like every um for the most part uh people in our culture can kind of agree on one thing and which is that love is the most important thing in most of our lives you know people might not live like that but when you actually ask them what's the most important thing What's life about? Most people, regardless of religion, a lot of people would say love. My relationships with people I love, uh, discovering love, finding love, married love, whatever. Um, and so my thought was that, well, I, I agree with that. I, I perceive that in my experience. Um, and taking as a premise that God actually does exist. If God exists and he created this world, that love seems to be the most important thing. Wouldn't God be someone who cares about love? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have this religious sense to know God and to transcend ourselves, to encounter love with those around us and encounter knowledge, at least with the other, whatever the, the creator with God, whoever. But if a God, God is a God who created a world where love is the most important thing. He must be a God who is deeply concerned about love. And if he is a God who loves love, always desires to communicate itself. If I love someone, uh, if I love my mother, 
I want to tell her that. I want to send her flowers on Mother's Day. I want to love isn't love unless it des- unless it communicates itself right. or at least unless it desires to communicate right. itself. And so for me, Christianity is just that. It is God communicating himself to us and saying, you know, we have all these religions who are which are seeking to transcend themselves and, and to find encounter the other, encounter the creator, encounter the the higher power whatever. Um but Christianity is not the religion that uh, we're, we're a bunch of people who are trying to reach out and encounter God. It's the religion where God, who is love, has communicated himself to humanity. Right. And ha- God's religious sense of religion, meaning we talked about this in a podcast before, lejure, uh, to, to bind oneself, so the rebinding of oneself, God's desire to bind himself with us, that's what Christianity is. Right. It's God becoming man and saying, uh, this is what life's about, and this is what mankind's about. This is why John Paul would say, uh, Jesus Christ is the answer to the question of every human heart. Um, so that was my answer to her, and it just kind of came over on the spot. Yeah, uh, sh- but a it was, short answer, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, good, that, I think it, it kind of ties into what you're saying, which is that yeah, we all have this religious sense of wanting to transcend ourselves, and Christianity says, yeah, well, God has this sense as well, mm-hmm. and he has transcended himself uh, and has, has come down to, to, to earth to communicate himself to us. Right. Um, but it has to begin with our own desire for, for the other, you right. know, our, their, their own, our own religious sense. So right. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And it makes me think of Balthazar's book, Love Alone is Credible. Mm. And if I was going to say one thing to anybody teaching RCIA, it's to say you cannot the, – the, the task of RCIA is to give them the intellectual inheritance of the faith but through the medium of love. God is truth, but God is also love. And they have to be rejoined. Hmm. It cannot be just an intellectual study. You don't come to knowledge of God just through kind of examining the logical determinations of all the different um, doctrines and then making a decision. Some people do. Very, very few, though. Newman, right. couple, you know. Carl Bunderson. Carl Bunderson. <laughs> very few, though, ever do that. You just right. want to say his name. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, that's basically it. Love alone is credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has. They have to have an experience of love. And I think with Giassani bringing uh, the reasonableness of the heart in a new form with this religious sense helps us to kind of rejoin those two and, and recover an authentic sense of, of the reason but also of the heart. So that's that. I love it. Good. Two shout-outs from Texas real quick. Here we go. First is the Grendencourt family. Do you know them? Mm, no. You don't know them. That was a trick question. They're from Austin. They're friends with Peter Pleo. Okay, yeah. So say I hi to him. Them. Say hi to Adam, Sharon, Therese, Hello, Adam, Fulton. Sharon, Therese, and Fulton. Gianna. Bridget. I love the name Fulton and Gianna. Dude. And Therese, for that matter. Good Catholic names. And the other one is Texas couple also. Sarah Hudson and Michael Parra, they're getting married in Texas, and they invited us to the wedding. Are we going? I don't think so. Okay. I told them I think there was something. There was a conflict. It'd be fun, though. That would be fun. Texas weddings are the best. Invite us to your weddings. Invite us to <laughs> We want things to do. Invite us to your weddings. No, thanks for the invite. Catholic Stuff Podcast, gmail.com. Talk to you soon.